This week on Excelsior Journeys, it's a very special Ask Me Anything episode uh, where I am answering different questions from listeners and previous guests. And I got some really big news about the Rising Tide Broadcast Network. You're going to love what I got got to say about this. JLD, do the honors. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for and you? And that's why I moment? taught myself how to draw. It was actually the Little Mermaid. Drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than so die. He jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater with and saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm sex. rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the corner. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. You know, yeah. throw some spaghetti yeah. against the wall. See this if it sticks. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in for over 100 episodes. Still cannot believe how far this show has gone. And as of last week, it has gone even further than I ever expected because Excelsior Journeys is now part of a very special network, the Rising Tide Broadcast Network. Now, for all of you who have enjoyed this show for so long, you know that I really love speaking with great creative people, giving them this kind of platform so that way they can share their journey to success. That is what Rising Tide is all about. It is all about positivity. It is all about creativity. It's all about inspiration. It's about support. Everything is it's a perfect fit for Excelsior Journeys. Now, all of the shows until now have been on YouTube. So you could basically see all the different shows and the shows that uh, that they've done. They've done some really great shows. They have this is the schedule that they have already set on YouTube. On Mondays at 10 a.m., you have Nevermind the Furthermore, which is all about creative conversation and coffee with Brian K. Morris. Brian is the leading light of the Rising Tide Broadcast Network. And it was his decision to bring me on, and I am forever indebted to him. And I definitely got to get him on this show in the future. Um, on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, by the way, all this is Eastern Eastern Time. Uh, this is um, Tuesday at 10 a.m. is TED Talks, which is Positive Thinking and Conversation with Ted Davies. At 8 p.m. the same day, you have Clever Title Pending, which is Interviews with Creators and Their Business with Brian K. Morris. And then on Wednesday at 10 a.m., there's another episode of Nevermind the Furthermore. Thursday at 10 a.m., TED Talks Timepieces, which is a world of watches and watch reviews, which is really fascinating. At the same On the same day, 7 p.m., you have Comic Book Spectrum, which is a discussion about comics in the past, the present, and the future with Brian Morris, Eric Hawkins, Brian Rodman, and Clyde Hall. At 11 p.m. Eastern, there is Stupid O'Clock, which is an always fun after-hours convention conversation with a whole panel of guests with Joe Dog McKeel. And then Friday at 10 a.m., another episode of Nevermind the Furthermore. And then at 6 p.m. Eastern is Drinking with the Davies, Ted and Chrissy Davies, showing you how to imbibe responsibly and more deliciously. At 8 p.m., there is the Historical Fencing Guild with Nicholas Tockert. Saturday at 11 p.m., another episode of Stupid O'Clock, 
And Sunday at 10 p.m., Heather Ellen brings you great conversation and brings gives you time to promote your creative work. Now, and then there are other shows like Armchair Rocket Science, Ted and Carl Cigar Show, Creative as Hale with Amy Hale, who is a previous guest here. And she was generous enough to let me repurpose her audio when she interviewed me on her show earlier this year. And there's also Clever Title Pending Specials, which is once a month Brian Morris bringing a special guest in on a Monday at 8 p.m. to give you more of Clever Title Pending. It's just an amazing assortment of creativity. You can't help but be inspired when you watch all of these different shows. And now, with Rising Tide making the jump over not not just staying on the YouTube platform, but also going into podcasts. That's where Excelsior Journeys comes in. And this show gets to be the flagship to bring in a whole new format for Rising Tide. I am so honored that Brian has given me this opportunity. I am so honored to basically bring this show to a bigger audience. I am thrilled for this. I am so excited about the future. And another thing that I want to announce is that because of this sudden opportunity, and the chance to really kind of really see where this show can go. I wanted to give this show the best possible platform that it could. And originally, for a long time, until last September, I was on Podbean. And I really enjoyed it there. They have great customer service. Really, uh, really enjoyed everything that they offered. However, different things that I had in mind for the future of this show and for other shows, and I'll get to that, um, it just didn't seem like it was going to be the right home for this show anymore, especially considering the fact that since I wanted to bring on other shows, I would have to basically double or in some cases triple the amount that I was paying and and also use different email addresses and have it all different accounts. It was just going to be a mess. So I decided to take the show over to Red Circle. Red Circle is a free platform. And I definitely enjoyed what I had there. Um, and I'm thrilled to see that that Red Circle has decided to add some paying tiers and really kind of really plant their feet so, so that way they can definitely stick around um, because they do offer quite a bit. Um, however, when I had been hearing about Captivate for a while and I finally gave them another look and I saw all the different great behind the scenes elements that they could offer and it was just too good to pass up. So um, I will still I will still definitely say Podbean was great. Red Circle was great for the short time that I was there. But now as of as of today, Excelsior Journeys has a new platform. It is now on Captivate. And the great thing is, is that all of the other platforms where the show has been syndicated to, including Amazon, including iHeartRadio, including Pandora, all those links are still functional. So you can go to he's got it.com slash podcasts, and you can take a look at all the different 13 different platforms that the show is on. And you'll still be able to click on each one. And that will take you to that specific platform. So um, so there's a whole lot there that I'm really, really excited about. And 
I am also going to be sharing this information in the latest issue of my newsletter. Now, some of you who have not heard that the show has a newsletter. It is a new one. Issue number five went out last Wednesday. And this Wednesday, as in tomorrow, on um, if you're hearing this on Tuesday, I, I will say every Wednesday, that is when the ish, the next issue comes out. Plus, as a means of kind of as a means of incentive to hopefully get more people to come on and contribute as uh, with different suggestions and um, following certain little tips that I have in there, uh, you get to add more entries to a monthly Amazon gift card giveaway. And I am really excited to see that there are you know quite a few people that have that have taken advantage of that. And the first winner was announced at the end of September. And at the end of October, the next winner will be announced. And so there's going to be another winner in November, another winner in December. So who doesn't want an extra $20 Amazon gift card, right? So to subscribe to the show, to to the newsletter, all you have to do is go to he'sgotit.com. You'll see the subscribe link. Click on that. That'll take you right over to the MailChimp page. You enter in your information and boom, you are all set to receive the next issue once it comes out. So I am really excited about that as well. You're going to be seeing quite a bit actually in that newsletter. You're not only going to be getting some news about that specific ish, um, that specific episode of Excelsior Journeys that had just come out before the newsletter, but it also has some news about previous guests. What have they been up to? And I got there's, a, there's some great news that I'm so looking forward to sharing with all of you about our previous guests, including music composer Vince DiCola. He has just made an announcement about a very big project that he's finished up and a new a new album of his that is going to be going on pre-order uh, very soon. So there's a whole lot to be excited about for everyone that has been a part of Excelsior Journeys. And I am just so grateful that for all of these people that have taken the time to be on this little one-man show, and it's gone to, to so many so many great places, and I am just still so thrilled for the future. Um, and what I decided to do for this week's episode, I decided to do uh, two things. One, um, I am actually going to have a very special Halloween episode coming out on Sunday, October 31st. Um, And I'm really excited about that. It is an interview with uh, horror host Ivana Cadaver. I am so looking forward to getting to speak with her. We have spoken a few times before. She is an amazing person. She's got a great story to tell about her show, about her character, about horror hosting in general. I am so looking forward to this conversation, and I really hope you are too. And so for this week, I decided for um, for this episode to be an Ask Me Anything episode. And so I reached out to friends and former guests, and invited them to throw out a question. And usually it was, I was expecting stuff on either writing or podcasting or voice acting, audiobook narrating, all the the different quadrants that that I deal in creatively. Um, 
it turns out I got uh, I got some other questions that were unexpected, um, but you know they're all here as well. So I'm looking forward to this. I hope you are too. So we'll dive right in. The first question that I got was actually the same question I got from two different people, and both of them former guests, Brandy Stewart and Lisa Penns, and they both ask and um, they both ask, "What's your secret to time management?" as in family and work balance. Um, With that, the main thing that I can say that has really kind of kept this show going is the support of my family and also compromise when needed. And a big part of that is scheduling the time to do the interviews, doing the, the editing for the show, doing the, um, you know, putting it together, getting all the notes ready, getting all the additional elements that make up each episode every week, that can be done as early as, as late as the night before, as the night before it goes up. And thankfully, the, um, the way that, uh, the way that my, my schedule has been going, it's allowed me that extra time before going to bed to get that taken care of. But what what really takes up the biggest chunk of time is the interviews themselves. And some of you will know, some of these episodes can go fairly long. Uh, My interview with Ron Friedman went two and a half hours long. And it was amazing, by the way. Um, It was just an amazing opportunity to get to speak with him. And he had a lot of great stories to tell. And who am I to say, you know, let's move on? No, no. I want to hear these stories just as much as I hope you do. So the big thing for me when it comes to family and work balance, I have to be I have to be present, you know, especially on the weekends when everyone is here in the house and I can't just retreat to my office every single Saturday and you know and use a big chunk of time every single Saturday. So what I've done is I have compromised. The show is still coming out every week, but a big thing that helps is the fact that I'm able to do all of my interviews on one specific weekend, and that's the weekend before the first Tuesday of the month. So for this week, per se, the all my interviews are going to be done on Saturday, October 30th, and maybe, you know, like if, uh, if need be, Sunday, October 31st. But they will cover the whole month. So that means that on the other weekends, I will be free to to contribute to the household. And that's something that I'm really thankful for. I'm thankful to have that opportunity to continue to do this show, which is a true passion of mine, but also to be with my family, which is obviously the biggest passion of all. So I am... I, that's that's that was how I've been able to do it, and I hope that that's helped for anyone else who is trying to trying to put something together like this, but is kind of struggling with time management. That's the big thing for me. It's all about compromise. Make sure that you are there for the people in your household, but also make sure that you're able to do what you need to do during during the regular during the regular time frame. So um, that would be the the thing that I have uh, really been able to um, to really get through in order to um, in order to function properly 
and as the head of the household and also to be present here as the host and producer of Excelsior Journeys. Um, so thank you both for asking that question. Elizabeth Meggs, a two-time guest here, someone who is not only has not only been a guest for herself, for her artwork, which is amazing, but also as part of the uh, tribute to my drama school teacher, Mr. Dameron. Um, she asks, and you want to talk about deep. This is as deep as it gets. Do you believe in God and an afterlife? And if God is benevolent, omniscient, and omnipotent, why does so much suffering happen? And <laughs> this was definitely one of uh, a, a question I didn't expect, but at the same time, I'm not going to run away from it. And so I say, yes, I do believe in God. I do believe that there is an afterlife, and I do believe that uh, that God has given us a certain kind of gift. And it's when you're able to tap in those into those gifts, that's when you feel yourself really start to thrive as a person. It's when like almost all of your senses come alive. All your cells are just like all of a sudden accelerating and you get that wonderful rush of adrenaline for doing something that you were here, put here on this earth to do. And that is, that's my thought on God and and uh, and I also believe in an afterlife. I do believe that there is something else beyond where we are right now. I believe there has to be because um, I, I just I just can't see it not be, you know. Um, so yeah, I do believe that there is an afterlife. And regarding the suffering, um, it's you know this is this is not a this is not a perfect world. And we are we are flawed human beings, and this is a flawed planet. Um, there is a, there is a lot that goes into it, and um, I think when it comes to why does so much suffering happen, it's um, I remember I remember a um, a, a discussion like a, about God. It was on a sitcom, I think. Um, Oh god, it was it was a real short-lived sitcom. It was called Down the Shore. And it um there was this random um talk about God and death and the afterlife and everything and and one of the characters basically just said that I think God kind of leaves you alone. You know, he's someone who um gave you life and and brought you into this world and gave you a set of gifts and allowed you to live your life and figure things out as you go and just basically kind of leaves you alone. He'll be there when you need him. That's been, that's, that's something I can definitely attest to. Um, but at the same time, you know, there, there will be a lot of problems in front of us and um, he trusts us to solve a lot of those problems and adapt to the different problems. I think that's that's part of that's part of what makes us who we are. You know, we adapt, and I think that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where we where we go eventually as as a, as a species. Um, if we can just stop the damn politicizing of everything and move forward together, you know, who knows? Who knows what what uh, what the future could bring? 
but I'm looking forward to seeing it. And um, so I would say that um, that you know I I don't want to I don't want to just cheapen what is set out there, what what happens out there as you know this is God's plan, this is God's will, you know Thy will be done, whatever. Um. So it's it's all just it's all just one big test, really. It's all you know just really kind of seeing what we're made of, and I hope that that in time we we can all kind of figure out what we're made of um because right now there's there's too many people that are just uh using so much hatred and anger and greed just as a crutch so um we'll eventually see you know where we where we can grow as a species i hope it's soon um i hope that uh, that answer made some sort of sense um nat and mila um, asked me to bring up the rust story and and regarding how the bullets got you know got in the gun. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, there was a real tragic accident on set of a western called Rust, where Alec Baldwin uh, fired a gun that was supposed that was um, that was supposed to have blanks in it. And there were blanks, but at the same time, it discharged in a way that a projectile actually came out and it struck and killed the cinematographer. And it also struck the director. Um, very, very tragic, um, especially considering the cinematographer was so, um, so beloved and so experienced and, and just real, so acclaimed for her work. Um, it's it's a re, it's a definite you know tragedy. My my thoughts, my prayers, my heart is with everyone involved, including Alec. Um, but when it comes to when it comes to this, um, everyone let, you know is basically saying that you know oh this isn't Alec's fault or anything. But he does have to bear some of the responsibility because from what I've been hearing, and this is this could be. This could be um, disproven or or contradicted, whatever. But he, it was said that he was basically just kind of like a little careless with it, and just kind of shooting it, you know, in whatever direction. Um. So bad form, Alec. Um. Because the one thing that you just cannot be is careless with a firearm. I don't care if it's a prop gun. I don't care, you know, like it's, it's got, you have to know where you are. You have to know what you're doing and you can't just be careless with it. There was a, not to make light of this, but um, back in, um, back in 2001, uh, WWF and MTV came out with a show called Tough Enough. And there was a moment very early on that, uh, that showed all the different, um, the different um, competitors trying to get that contract with WWF. And they were all standing in the ring and they're all listening to Triple H and Triple H was was telling them a lot of what is what this is what the business was all about and it's either you want this or you don't and if you don't don't waste our time. Just really just, you know, just forthright and just basically saying like this is how it is. And everyone that was there was showing, you know, 100% respect for what he was saying, and for the ring itself, for the art of professional wrestling. Um, however, as soon as he left the ring, 
one of the competitors just like puts you know someone one of the um one of the competitors in a headlock and it's just like joking around with her and it was just like no that's that's careless and that's disrespectful to where you are and what Alec was doing was if that's true, if all he was doing was just like being careless with a gun and he just pulled the trigger and it just happened to go off, no, I I I, ref, I refuse to say that he bears no responsibility because that is that's that's a sign of disrespect. If you're pointing a gun at someone, I don't care if it's a prop or or a toy or whatever, you're pointing a gun at someone and pulling the trigger. What the hell, man? Um. So, yeah, that's th- those those are my thoughts about that. It's something that I feel that um, that just really, you know, th- that everything definitely needs to be investigated. I understand that uh, um, I think Variety just came out with a uh, with a news story earlier today about how the assistant director on Rust was the same one who was the assistant director on another project where another gun went off. And then that assistant director was kicked off the set. So. I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but I know that um, not everyone is getting getting out of this scot free. Absolutely not. Um, she also said, uh, "Will we be eating and opening gifts during the holidays, or will the cargo ships throw a Christmas boat parade?" Um, I just, I, I just believe the whole thing regarding the cargo ships. I think that in time they will work it themselves out because. That's one thing that, um, you know, that's that's one thing that that uh, that Americans love is they love their Christmas. They love their holidays. And if you're keeping them from getting, you know, their gifts, then, you know, there's there's going to be a problem. So I have a feeling that things will work itself out when it comes to that. I hope I'm right about that. And I'm just looking forward to seeing where things go, because, you know, 2021 and 2020, you know, these are this these are not normal times. So there's no real precedent to go off of. So all we can do is just hope and pray that everything works out. And I hope it and I believe it will and I you know, just I, I that's that's my thought. I just I believe it will. Uh Lisa Penn's also asked me um how did you get started in your voiceover career? That was was a great time for me when I started off because what I did was um, back in 2015 I had spoke I had told the story before but I'll just go ahead and you know give it really briefly 2015 I lost my job um, that August I was down I was really upset and I was wondering what I was going to do next and that's when I saw the documentary that John DiMaggio did called I Know That Voice and that sparked a reminder to me. I was just like, well, wait a second. I have always loved voiceover work. I've always wanted to get involved in voiceover. It's always been something, some sort of a dream. Why not pursue that dream? Let's see where it can go. Um, so I called up uh, Clayton Studios, which is a studio here nearby here in St. Louis, and asked them about lessons. And it turns out that they did give lessons, but they weren't cheap. And so I came up with an idea to do my own little Kickstarter uh, campaign. And I said, for $10, I will narrate 500 of your words 
for $20 a thousand words. And I reached out to all of my writer friends. Thankfully, I'm in this writing community on Facebook and Twitter and all different forms of social media. And I love it. And it's been just absolutely amazing to me. And this was another case of it being amazing to me because so many people stepped up and they bought one thing after another for me to narrate. And it was it was an amazing experience. I wound up reaching the goal. So I got the money to do this. And thankfully, they uh, they brought in one of their teachers, a gentleman named Jim Singer, a great guy. And the two of us worked one-on-one. And it was it was him showing me different commercial copy and letting me know like which words to emphasize, which ones not to, which syllables to use, which ones not to. And then the other half of the of each class was getting behind the mic and getting to perform it and really getting to really sink my teeth into it. And it was so much fun. And after I did my demo and you know finished up the whole the class, um, I decided to try out my new skills as a voiceover narrator, uh, as, as an audiobook narrator. And so what I did was I went ahead and just narrated chapter one of my own book, Excelsior. And I pitched it to my publisher at the time who loved the recording and then gave me the green light to go ahead and record the whole thing. And that's what I got to do. And it was amazing. It was an amazing opportunity to do that. Um, because that led to other writers reaching out to me. And just this past, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I finished my 12th audiobook. And I still, I'm still amazed that people trusted me with their work. This is actually the fifth book that I'm, that I just delivered right now for my client, uh, my fifth book for him. And it's just the fact that I've gotten to do five of his books is is a true honor. Um, so that's that's really how it started in terms of voiceover. Um, the main thing that I've been doing more than anything has been um, has, has been audiobooks, um, but it's been just a, a true joy doing them. And I'm looking forward to more opportunities like that. Um, Lacey uh, re- reached out and, and asked, what's your favorite ice cream? And um, that one for me, it's got to be Stephen Colbert's Americone Dream uh, from Ben and Jerry's. I've always been like a vanilla kind of guy. And so I think like if if I was to, you know, um, just pick like any universal flavor, that would likely be it. Um, but I love, love, love Americone Dream. And it's just, just a delicious, uh, delicious flavor that is – I'm – confident bears a responsibility of several additional pounds that have gotten onto me in recent years. Um, and Lainey Morris uh, asked me, who or what has inspired you to write science fiction and fantasy? Great question. And for me, it's I, I'm part of that generation that was introduced to Star Wars at a very, very early age. And it was, and it was Star Wars and it was George Lucas's vision that that gave me that first glance into another universe that someone else created. And it just felt like, I want to do that. I want to create my own universe. And that's when 
1985 and 86, that's when my friends and I in fourth grade started creating our own characters. And that's what eventually led me to, in 1992, to create Excelsior and then go from there. And Excelsior was, as still is, the centerpiece of that whole universe. So there are some stories to be told um, that are that involve those characters that, that I created so long ago. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear them because I, – and I'm also excited to uh, to read them myself. So – it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting time um, in the coming years for that whole universe, especially when Part Three, uh, Greater Glory, Part Three in the Excelsior Journey gets finished and sent off to my publisher. More ideas, more and more and more, just keep on coming up, and they're just making this story so much better than I originally envisioned. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, Melissa Hurt, who uh, was also was also a, uh, an amazing guest, asked me, "Do you dedicate a time for writing? If so, how often per week and for how long?" I can't really answer that because my writing time has been so scattered over the past few years. Really, um, just trying to like you know churn out a little bit each you know as much as I can here and there. Um, I have yet to really kind of sit down and have they a really big gap of time in order to really go through and, and explore this story and see how far it can go. Um, so it's um, so I can't really say that I have have been able to um, to get a time for writing. Um, hopefully, I will be able to soon, especially considering that November first is the first day of National Novel Writing Month, and I plan to use that time as much as possible to work on that second draft of Greater Glory and get it to the the uh, the level of quality that I believe it can it can get. So we'll see we'll see where all, where all that goes. Um, Brian Morris came in came in like a shot and sent out. Um, Six different questions, which was just amazing. Um, his first question was, what influenced your decision to use podcasting as a means of expression? And for me, it was it was a combination of really getting into and loving doing audiobooks and also being part of the roundtable group, The Right Pack, for two years. Um, from 2016 to 2018, I was, I was one of the the collection of writers introducing themselves every week on Right Pack Radio, talking about different subjects and keeping, you know, having some really fun, in-depth conversations about writing. And it was just a, a it was a great time. It was a great time. And it was during that time in, in 2018, uh, mainly mid-2018, that's when the idea started to come to have my own show. And a big thing that I've always said was, you know, I just went to my face, my Facebook friends list and I saw all different people that I've seen from all different walks of life. And they were all just amazingly creative people that you just can't help but be inspired when, when you're around them. And I remember thinking, wow, these people are all just so amazing. They got to be on a podcast. They need to let the world know who they are. And after a few months, it became okay, they need to be on my podcast. And then I started recruiting everyone through the Facebook 
through my Facebook friends list. And it got even more interesting in 2020. That's when uh, Flynn Dilly came on, the story consultant from Transformers the Movie. And we talked for two hours. That's when Neil Ross, the, the amazingly talented voice actor, came on. And he and I talked for almost two hours. Um, that's when I'm talking with Ron Friedman, writer of Transformers the Movie, for over for over two and a half hours. Speaking with Vince DiCola, the music composer for both Transformers the Movie and Rocky IV. And it's and you know talking with Daniel Farrens, screenwriter of Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers, and uh, you know getting to talk with Gilbert Adler, producer of Tales from the Crypt. These these opportunities, I never would have thought possible if I didn't have this platform. And it's those experiences that's what really keeps me going every single week because I just love being able to sit down with someone who's got a great story to tell. And since 2018, that's what I've been able to deliver every single week that the show has been going. Um, And which leads me to Brian's next question. Why did you select the Rising Tide Broadcasting Network as your affiliation of choice? And that's just because I see so much of Excelsior Journeys in these great shows because they celebrate creativity. They celebrate innovation. They celebrate um, independent creation. And they are all about inspiration, motivation, and just getting that creative force out there and letting the world know you can do it too. So that's what really got to me. And it's something that... I just knew it had such a great positive message. Every single show on that on the network does. It just made me feel like I got to be a part of that. It just attracted me to them. And when uh, when Brian asked why join a network at all, for me it comes down to the same reason why I sought a publisher for Excelsior and eventually Forever Upward Part Two in the Excelsior Journey and now Greater Glory Part Three. And it's because of that support system. And I just love knowing that I'm not alone. I've said this many times before when it comes to this show, that it's it's a it's a one-man show. It's myself talking into a microphone and hopefully talking with someone on the other end, more often than not it is, and getting to let them share their journey and just being able to open the door and let that happen it's, it's great. And um, being a part of a network, for me, it's all about support. It's all about people that you know have your back. And it's the same reason why I wanted to, to get into a traditional publisher for Excelsior. And it's because having that sort of feeling of other people having your back, it's priceless. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for Rising Tide. I really think that this is going to be, it's going to be an amazing run, um, and I'm really excited to be a part of that. Um, when uh, he also asked, "What are your top five choices for guests among your friends?" Excellent question. Excellent question. Um, that's going to be a hard one for me to really think about because. Um, so many of my friends, you know, have already been on the show. And so, um, you know, there, I, I would love to have Justine O'Neill, a uh, stand-up comedian, um, on here. I would love to, I would love to have Lainey Morris, um, who asked a question before, um, would love to have her on. 
because I know that she's working on her own series of books. She's already got a couple that are already out. And, you know, they are definitely getting some momentum. I'm really excited about that. Would absolutely love to have my friend Blake Northcott on the show. Uh, Blake has uh, just dominated all of her Kickstarter campaigns for all of her different books that have come out. And she has gone through just an amazing run recently because she's gotten to write um, issues of Catwoman for DC Comics. And now she's on – she's working with Heavy Metal Magazine. It's it's just an an amazing run for her. I've been keeping an eye on her for quite a few years and she's just a great person, very, very good friend. I am so proud of her and I'm really excited to see – where she goes from here. Um, would love to have her on the show. Would love to. And hopefully we can make it work with her schedule. Um, as for, you know, a couple more, you know, like I know that there are others that are coming to mind. Um, but at the same at the same time, like they're they're just not coming to me right now. It is it is pretty late you know, as I'm recording this. Um, but uh, but I'm I'm just excited for all of my friends that have gotten this kind of success and um, obviously would love to have Brian Morris on here, as I said before, um, as uh, Brian's one of the, one of those people that um, our past didn't really cross until just a couple of years ago. Um, but he and I have seen each other on diff- at different conventions off and on for several years before that. And we never got to talk until just a couple of years ago. And then it was just like, why am I just meeting you now? Because you're awesome. And that was my thought right at the beginning. I just knew that this was someone I needed to I needed to be friends with. And I'm proud to say that I am. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited for, for that. Um, then he asked, who would you ask to be a guest if you had the nerve? Um, my big get will always, always, always be Peter Cullen, um, the voice of Optimus Prime. The man who inspired me as a writer in more ways that I don't think he 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 knows. Um, well, he definitely he definitely doesn't know. He doesn't know me yet. But um, it was um, his performance and his aura of bringing a character like Optimus Prime to life the way that he has. Um, it's it's just mesmerizing, and it's something that I would love the opportunity to talk about with him. Um, obviously, Frank Welker would you know would be there as well. Like the two of them, the two of them together. Oh, what a show that would be! Um, and then he asks, "Who are five people you'd never want on your show aside from me?" Which um, you know, obviously, Brian is is kidding, and um, I would love to have him on the show. Uh, five people I'd never want on my show. I cannot answer that because, you know, as I've as I've said several times before, who knows what the future might bring? Um, someone who I feel like I would never want on my show. You know, more often than not, it's it's likely I would have just misunderstood them, and so who knows? Who knows? You know, like who who would be on here? I'm just thrilled the fa- about the fact that this is episode number one hundred and ten. And there are no signs of stopping with this. Um, I'm just really, really excited for what's to come. Some of some of the guests, I you know, have been really anxious to kind of let you know who is coming on. But at the same time, I feel like I will save that for my 
first show of the new year because a lot of things that are going to be happening um, in 2022, just mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, so we are going to wrap this up. That was the last of the questions that I received. Um, I want to thank all of you for for sending in questions. I want to thank all of you listeners for taking the time to um, to listen in. And um, for those of you who contributed your questions, you know, thank you. And I am just really, like I said before, I'm really excited for what the future brings. And I'm really excited for my very special um, Halloween episode with horror host Ivana Cadaver. This this is this has just been an amazing time, and I can't thank you enough for coming along for the ride. Because without you, without you as an audience, this show would just exist in a vacuum, and it's only it would only be a matter of time before I pulled the plug. But you guys keep listening, so I'm going to keep on creating as much content as possible. Um, so I just I, I just I'm floored by all of your generosity. I'm floored by all of your support. Um, I thank all of you for listening and for me and for my, my guests in the future. This is George Soroy saying to all of you ever upward and I will see you this Sunday on October 31st. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com.